Hello, everybody. Welcome back into the College Football 365 podcast. I'm Dylan Count Crowley. I'm joined by Marty Leap and Anthony Azan. Um, we, we were going to do this as a live stream, but decided due to time constraints, we're just going to do a regular one. But we are going to do a live stream soon so you can finally see our all our handsome faces, of course. Um, but, uh, guys, uh, college football playoff rankings came out this week. Uh, we're recording this on Wednesday. They came out Tuesday night. So we got the first one of those this season. And then uh, we have the week uh, – God, is it already week 10 of the college football season? Um, or we got that slate to discuss here. But um, before we delve into that, guys, how you guys been since we last talked? Hanging in there. You know, uh, not, nothing, nothing new has really happened since I've last been on last week. But uh, we're uh, we're surviving here. We're surviving. <laughs> what about you, Marty? Yeah, no, excuse me, not a whole lot. You know, just enjoying what's left the college football season. Uh, high school football playoff starts this week in Pennsylvania. That's always a big thing in the Leap household as well. Yeah. So excited for that too. Yeah, I, I of course with some other writing, I, I've been looking at that high school football schedule for the playoffs this week in Pennsylvania. And then there's some uh, terrific games this week, uh, to say the least. Um, but uh, most of our listeners probably don't care about Pennsylvania high school football, so we shall move on. Um, well, personally, I've been great. I started my new uh, gig over at Nindy Nation, uh, the new Penn State Rivals site. Uh, um, we're doing solid there so far. Going to obviously have some growing pains as we go, but really think we're going to build something special there. But um, let's get into the top 25 uh, for this week, college football playoff rankings. Uh, we'll have to go through these each week now. Um, so the top four, let's start with the top four, guys. Um, no surprise, really, at number one being Georgia. But, I mean, that's pretty much where this, the non-surprises stop because after that, I mean, I, I have a hard time agreeing with a lot of this top 25. Let's get into the number two team in the country right now the Alabama Crimson Tide. Um, if you personally ask me, I, I, I think Alabama, yes, is the second best team in the country right now. But I do not think they deserve to be ranked number two in this current college ball playoff ranking. Um, what's your thoughts? on I, Any thoughts on Georgia at number one? Uh, and what's your thoughts on Alabama at number two? Um Whichever, whoever wants to go first. Yeah, I'll take this one first. Um, Georgia, no surprise at number one. They've clearly been the best team in the country so far. They've beaten pretty much everybody. They played uh, pretty easily. No issue with Georgia there. Alabama, listen, like you said, Dylan, are they the second best team in the country? Absolutely they are. Um, do they deserve to be ranked number two right now? No, they do not. They have a loss on their schedule to a Texas A&M team that is a decent team, but at the time, that team was unranked. It, it was not a good loss for Alabama. Not that any loss is ever good, but it was a bad loss for Alabama at the time, and it only looks better because AM became ranked after that win. Uh, Michigan State, in my opinion, should be the second-best team in the country or should be the number two team in the country right now. They are 8-0. They just came off of a top-10 win over Michigan. Uh, looked really solid doing it. Um, I think Michigan State should be the number two team in the country. Is Alabama a top-four team? Absolutely they are but I don't think they should be number two at this point in time. Marty, any thoughts? Yeah, I mean, I agree with what you guys said. Alabama probably is the second best team in the country. That does not mean they should be ranked number two right now. Um, honestly, my biggest takeaway from, from these rankings is the playoff committee has already started to do absolutely everything they can to make sure Alabama and Georgia both get into the playoff. Um, ranking Mississippi State who beat Louisiana Tech by one point, lost to Alabama by 46, lost to Memphis um, at number 16. They got That's ridiculous. They did this. They put the SEC teams as high as they did. They put Alabama at number two because this creates the path where if Bama and Georgia both went out and Bama wins in Atlanta, they both are definitely in. And even if Georgia beats Bama in a close game, be ready for it. People aren't going to like it, but a two-loss Alabama is going to be in the playoff if that's what happens. Dude, can you? Yeah, I was going to say, no, can, you, can you imagine the reaction on social media if Bama loses to Georgia? 
and they still sneak into the playoff. I agree with Marty. I think they're trying to set up for it. They're trying to find a way to make it happen. And if enough chaos happens where, you know, maybe I'm trying to think of how they can make this look good, but if Oklahoma loses a game and Michigan loses another one, I mean, there's, there's a path there. Oregon loses. There's a path there where they just put Bama in as a two loss team and they're going to try to make it look as good as possible. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't want to obviously say that this is what exactly they're doing, but I mean, it's hard to argue against it when you look at how the rankings came out because it, it, it really does seem like they're, no matter how you set it up, they're it, two SEC teams are almost a lock to get in at this point as long as they one of them doesn't lose three games between Georgia and Alabama. I mean, it just it seems like a lock at this point. Um, so Georgia won, Alabama two, rounding out the top four. Is Michigan State at number three? Of course, they're coming off their big rivalry win over Michigan last weekend. They're eight and zero. Oregon at number four, one spot ahead of Ohio State at five, and uh, Cincinnati at number six. Um, and then you said Michigan State deserves to be at the top uh, at number two. Uh, I, I have to say, based off resume, yeah, they deserve it. Um, Oregon. I'm okay with Oregon, I think, being in that number four spot, spot to a degree. Uh, but the one team you could have the argument there based off having a top 10 win, according to the college football playoff ranking, is Cincinnati. Cincinnati coming in at number six in this first ranking is only bad news for the Bearcats because I I just don't see any way that they're going to find a way to really rise up in this poll. I mean – it's Notre Dame is likely going to win out. That Notre Dame is going to rise. Wake Forest has a quality chance to win out. They'll rise. Oklahoma, another quality chance to win out, will rise. And I mean, Cincinnati, it, it seems like the only place Cincinnati could really go from here is down, especially now that they're, they're not going to be facing an undefeated SMU team in a couple weeks. An SMU team that only has one loss by, what was it, uh, seven points. Uh, to a one-loss Houston team this past weekend, and neither one of those teams is ranked. Uh, I mean, th- this is a potentially the worst of the college football playoff rankings we have seen yet over its existence. I mean, there's a reason they didn't rank SMU or Houston. It's because it makes their job easier and they keep Cincinnati out. Um, Cincinnati's not going to make the playoff. They were never going to make the playoff. I know we talked all year about how every domino they've needed to fall has fallen. Ultimately, if there's one thing these these standings should teach anybody, it's that out of the four-team format, a group of five team will never make the playoff. And, um, yeah, that's where we're at. You said, Dylan, if Oklahoma keeps winning, they're going to jump them because they have a ranked Baylor, a ranked Oklahoma State, a good Iowa yep. State, and then either Baylor or Oklahoma State again in the Big 12 championship. And then a Power oh, 5 even, conference championship. So. Yeah, and it, I think even if Oklahoma loses one of those games but still wins the Big 12, they'll finish ahead of an undefeated Cincinnati um. Yeah, the the Bearcats don't have a chance. Honestly, I don't. I don't think they can get higher than six. Um, I, I think this weekend, let's say Oregon would lose or something. I think they honestly would put Michigan back out of Cincinnati. They don't want to let Cincinnati get the five because if Cincinnati's a five. One of those top four teams lose that opens up that contention for them to put them in the top four. Especially since Notre Dame will most likely win out pretty easily and give Cincinnati a nice win. So yeah, it's. It's a shame for Cincinnati. I feel bad for those kids, but it is what it is. And until we expand the playoff, a group of five team is never going to make the playoff. And, you know, it's just we've talked about the chaos all year and how unpredictable the season has been, which has been true. But in the end, it's going to be Georgia. It's going to be Ohio State. And then it's going to be some combination of Oklahoma, of Alabama, maybe in Oregon, it's going to be the same old, same old because that's just the way college football is right now. And, you know, I know people complain about it, but ultimately my response to that is if you want – if you don't want those programs to continue to be at the top, it's up to the other programs in the country to get on the level they are at. Agreed, agreed. Um, Anthony, any thoughts? I mean – 
I have no problem with the programs at the top. I mean, clearly they're at the top for a reason. They recruit the best. And when you have the best talent, you're going to win the most games. Um, my issue is I don't understand why the committee won't let Cincinnati have a shot at it. I don't know what they're afraid of. Um, I, I just, they've beaten everybody they've been told to beat. You know, they have their best win is better than Alabama's best win. I think we could both agree with that. Obviously their overall strength of schedule is not better than Alabama's, but they've still done enough that they deserve a shot. And they even took Georgia, the number one team to the brink last year in their bowl game. I think this is a damn good team. This is a team that, yeah, the argument is, Oh, they'll get their butts kicked against Georgia in, in the playoff, but we don't know that. I mean, I just, I, I don't understand why we just can't give Cincinnati a chance and why we're going to do everything in our power to prevent the G5 from getting in. They're already jumping to the Big 12 anyway, so they're going to be a Power 5 in two years regardless. I mean, this whole poll was just super disrespectful to the group of five. SMU wasn't ranked. Houston wasn't ranked. They didn't put UTSA at all in the rankings. Maybe 16 was a little too high for their strength of schedule, but you're telling me that they couldn't find their way into the back end of that top 25 anywhere? It just doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me. It's so SEC heavy, and I just – I agree with you. This is one of the worst polls we've seen in a, in a long time. And before I let you go again, Dylan, I have no issue with Oregon over Ohio State right now. They did beat them in the head-to-head, even mm-hmm. though the playoff committee is super inconsistent with the head-to-head win. It's only relevant mm-hmm. they want it to be. I have no problem with Oregon ahead of Ohio State. Ohio State's probably going to jump Oregon later on anyway, and it's not going to matter. Agree. I, I agree. Uh, quick and quickly going to Cincinnati. Uh, the AAC commissioner, Mike Oresco, uh, came out firing too after uh, the rankings yesterday. Really? Uh, and he, he spoke to Pete Thamel of uh, Yahoo Sports and said, it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. The committee doesn't rank our teams that deserve to be ranked. And then they turn around and say they don't deserve any rank. Sorry. They, then they turn around and say they don't play any ranked teams. I mean, that, that's exactly what it is it's it and, and to a point and, and our i know our listeners can't see it but i'm making the money sign it's all about the money bingo cincinnati won't and it's nothing against cincinnati for me uh but cincinnati just won't bring in the money that alabama georgia alabama Ohio state alabama oregon georgia oregon would draw i mean well and, and to, to a point it's true a, will a Georgia versus Cincinnati national championship game draw a huge ratings? Probably, probably not, because most people are going to look at that game and be like, Georgia's going to win by 40 points, which may be true. It may not be true. But it, I, I absolutely agree with all you guys that a Cincinnati deserves a chance. They have one of the best wins in the country this year. Uh, according to the committee standards, because Notre Dame's a top 10 team, according to the committee. I mean, and at the same point, I'm personally, when it comes to top 25, I rank them as I think who, if A played B, who would win? And I, I just keep going down the list that way. But if you want to go just by based off you beat who you play, Notre Dame's a top 10 team and deserves it. And Cincinnati, I mean, I, I don't see why they shouldn't be a top four team right now. It's, it's it's a farce, and I mean, we can say hopefully this changes when we get to the expanded college football playoffs down the road. But uh, I I still fear fear the committee is going to find ways to screw over these G five teams. And Marty, our one friend Clay keeps saying it: uh, college football as we know it probably isn't going to look like college football anywhere close as it is today in twenty five years. Um, no, not because, even close. Because the way it's going, we're gonna uh, it's gonna break away. You're gonna have your four or five super conferences, and they're gonna be in their own league yep. compared to everybody else. It's a question of when, not if, that's gonna happen. And you know, yeah, quite yeah. honestly, I don't have as big of an issue with that now as I probably would have in the past because you have these group of five schools who don't have a legitimate shot at competing for anything. Let them compete for their championship. Um, right, wrong, or otherwise, like you said, Dylan, it's all about money. ESPN. ABC, they don't want a playoff game of Cincinnati against Alabama because Georgia against Alabama, Georgia against Oregon, Alabama against Oklahoma, Ohio State against Oklahoma, whatever it might be, are going to make them a heck of a lot more money than anything with Cincinnati in it. That's the way it is. That's why the only non-Power 5 school who ever have a shot at making the playoff, and we've seen them do it twice now, is Notre Dame because they're Notre Dame and everybody's going to watch. Other than Notre Dame, 
not only will no G5, no non-power five, you know, not even like a BYU if they would run the table, whatever, have a shot for that reason. I 100% agree with you guys about the group of five is eventually going to break away. I think this is going to be a huge um, driving factor in them breaking away when Cincinnati inevitably runs the table, goes undefeated, and doesn't get into the playoff. Um, and honestly, as a college football fan and a diehard college football fan, I'm okay with that because I'd love to see these group of five teams break away, have their own like playoff and get their own chance to actually win something of relevance. Um, I just, man, it's just, it's just so disheartening for me because I've, I've been a huge fan of what Cincinnati's done the last two years and man, they really, they really deserve a chance. Couldn't agree more. Um, so I, I mean, there's really not a ton of talk about beyond that. Uh, I just I, I question the rankings of um, Auburn at number thirteen, BYU at fifteen. Um, though I guess you could say I mean even BYU, all the teams they beat. I mean, how many are ranked still? Um, Mississippi State at seventeen. We brought up Wisconsin at twenty-one, um, and, and I, I get it to a point not ranking Penn State. They're on a three-game losing streak, but. You're telling me that Penn State isn't better than um, Kentucky, NC State, Minnesota. I mean, I I think Penn State would win comfortably if Sean Clifford's healthy against any team between from 17 to 25. Oh, I agree. Listen, yeah. I'm not trying to advocate for Penn State to be in these rankings one No, bit. Penn State right now does not deserve – probably to be in it but with some of these other teams ranked i mean th th they definitely should be yeah minnesota lost to bowling green at home i know penn state lost to illinois at home but that's it's not bowling green worse than bowling green i mean i understand minnesota's got one more win but you and we beat wisconsin head to head yeah. how, how do you yeah that's, that's my thing you have penn state who's five and three they won at number 21 team they won at home against number 13 auburn and they're not ranked, even though that team who they beat on the road to start the season has the same record and does not have none of their wins are as good as either of those are. It's just it's it's like I said, no, I'm not advocating for them at all. It's just it just goes to show how broken the system is. And like you said earlier, Anthony, head to head only matters when they want it to matter. Yeah, no, everything is the eye test until like it's it's not head-to-head, -head, it's not strength of schedule, it's just the eye test until they need those other things to matter. And it's it's so flawed. There's too much human error involved in this. It's almost to the point where the BCS might have been a better way to freaking no, decide no, this. It's, it's, the computer it's not even like an argument at this point. Yeah. It's, it's not even an argument at this point. They, they pick and choose what they want to use to pick these teams. You know, I, I, I will, as a Penn State fan, obviously I'll always go back to 2016. Don't tell me head-to-head -head matters. Don't tell me conference championship matters because sure as hell it didn't matter for Penn State in 2016. You know, it's just they pick and choose what they want to get the teams in there that they want to get in there, and that's the way it's always going to be, and that's the biggest reason why you have people pushing for playoff expansion because, yes, they're still going to pick and choose who they want, but at least you're going to have more teams getting that opportunity than just the four you have right now. Might as well just call it an invitational at this point instead of a playoff because it's pretty much, oh, oh, Alabama, Georgia, you're not egregiously bad. Come on down. Welcome to the college football invitational again. And, you know, one of the worst things that could have ever happened for this is in 2014 with Ohio State and 2017 with Alabama, two teams who should not have been in the playoff. And, of course, they had to go and freaking win it all and just justify the committee and make them look smarter and better than they actually are, which those two things happening were probably the early death nails and uh, death nails on this. Yeah. Uh, and I'll just say, I mean, at this point in the last few years, I, I think the BCS would have been better um, because a, when we are ranking these teams anyway, and doing this format, it's still resulting in blowouts in the semifinals every year. And even some of the national championship games haven't been particularly close. Um, Second of all, um, the one of the worst parts about the BC, uh, not BCS, about the college football playoff rankings in my mind is the fact that it, it is completely devalued any bowl game that is not part of the playoffs. I mean, uh, we are in, we are a spot in college football um, where fans don't care about going to 
other New Year's Six Bowls if they're not included in the college football playoffs. And, and, and that's a shame because, I mean, um, especially where we grew up here in the Northeast, uh, Big Ten country, um, it meant something if your team got to the Rose Bowl. I mean, that, I mean, yeah, you want to play for national championship, but if your team got to play in the Rose Bowl, I mean, that means a whole damn lot. And that meant a whole damn lot to a lot of people, not our age necessarily, but a lot. Uh, but, Mar- but Marty, uh, your, your, your parents' age, uh, my parents' age, even Anthony's parents' age, all our parents, like, and our grandparents, those bowl games meant a lot, like, getting to the Rose Bowl, um, Sugar Bowl, Orange Bowl. I mean, those all meant a big deal in college football. And uh, I mean, they've been such devalued. I mean, I know it never was a prestigious bowl game, but I mean, even bowl games like the Citrus Bowl and Gator Bowl used to mean something. And, and now we look at those bowl games as second thoughts, as they don't mean anything. The teams that are in them aren't that good. I mean, it's the worst thing about the college football playoffs is that I think it's devalued the entire postseason of college football, which is a shame because I think the postseason is one of the best things regarding college football. Yeah, you're not wrong. I mean, you know, you mentioned like older generations and I don't even have to go back that much older. You know, you go talk to Penn State fans uh, the who were old enough in the, or the mid-90s to remember the 1994 team. Even though they didn't win the national championship, one of their most fond memories they're going to have is Penn State going to the Rose Bowl and beating Oregon to finish off an undefeated season. And a big part of that was because it was the Rose Bowl. You know, the, there used to be a time where, you know, it's, it's a Big Ten country, and I can't speak for the Pac-12 because I'm not from there, but I'm sure it's similar. But there was a time in the Big Ten country winning the Rose Bowl meant every bit as much, if not more, than competing for a national championship. You know, yeah. that's what that bowl game once meant, and it doesn't anymore. Even like you said, like a Citrus Bowl. I can remember a year when I was in high school when Penn State won 10-2 and two and went to the Citrus Bowl and beat LSU to finish 11-2, and, and that was a big deal back then. You won 11 and two. You won a New Year's Day bowl. You beat another top 15 team. And just they don't carry that weight. They don't carry that and, anymore. And that wasn't even 20 years ago. That was. No, that was that was like my senior year of high school. Yeah. Like 2009. Yeah, exactly. That was less than that. I mean, less than 15, a little bit more than 10. But, uh, God, Anthony, any final thoughts on any of this before? Uh, I want to just quickly hit a couple notes, uh, news notes before we get into the top, uh, the top 25 games this week. Any last thoughts? I 100% agree with you guys. You guys hit it right on the head. Um, I haven't been a college football fan for too long. Dylan, you were actually the one that introduced it to me uh, back in our freshman year. It's about a decade. Yes, our freshman years of high school, which were 2011, 2012. That's when I got fell in love with the world of college football. So I have you to thank for this, and um, for better or for worse. And, um, yeah, I mean, I I loved watching every bowl game, um, whether it was the Dukes-Mayo Bowl on December 15th or whether it was the Rose Bowl, the Citrus Bowl, the Orange Bowl, whatever. I thought they were all super fun, and I thought they were, you know, they they were a great way to cap off the season and to see the playoff. I mean, obviously the playoff is great, but and I think it's the right step forward, but I think they're going about it the wrong way, and – they're going to have to expand it because it sucks to see these bowl games, which are once amazing games, completely devalued and almost unappreciated now. And it, it kind of sucks. It, it really does because those are still great matchups and great teams playing in those games, but it seems like no one really cares about that anymore. Sure. All right. Uh, a quick couple news notes to quickly hit on um, a couple transfer portal guys uh, have entered in the last few days. Uh, Florida State quarterback Chubba Purdy, who was a four-star recruit in the uh, – that was – was that 2021 or was that 2020? 2020. 2020. Uh, class of 2020, he's he's in the transfer portal, uh, transferring from Florida State. I know he had an injury that didn't heal quickly, uh, and then he never really got on the field. Florida State's been going with Travis uh, Jordan a lot this year, and, and they have A.J. Duffy coming in next year. Um, so he's in the transfer portal. LSU quarterback Miles Brennan's in the tra- Brennan's in transfer portal. Another guy who dealt with injuries, then kind of got passed up by Mal- uh, uh, Max Johnson. Which I mean, Max Johnson is a, is a good quarterback, so there's no shame in that. Um, but those are two quarterbacks that I think uh, we're going to see wind up at other Power Five programs and could still be some uh, solid pa- Power Five quarterbacks here in the future. Um, Texas uh, 
freshman linebacker Terrence Cooks, a former four-star, has entered the transfer portal. Um, so those, I think, are the only ones uh, that I saw of, of note. Um, in some unfortunate news, a uh, former Missouri, legendary Missouri head coach, um, Warren Powers passed away. Uh, but I think that's really just all the major notes that I wanted to include this week. Um, I I want to start including some weekly notes to help inform our uh, listeners a little bit more every week. Um, any any notes that you guys saw that you want to pass along? No. Um, the only thing I will tell our listeners is if you happen to not be on Twitter on Monday night and miss that fun fun time, please go look up Texas special teams coach and his wife and their pet monkey and be ready to laugh. Hashtag um, monkey gate. I mean, do we want to, we could spend two minutes on monkey gate. I, I feel like if we goes. try to talk about monkey gate and pull assassin, we're getting off path. We're going to get way off track. Yeah. All right. We're, right. Listen, Dylan, we're sitting at 26 minutes uh, and running on this podcast right now. If we get no, we into monkey gate, yeah. it's going to be about 56 minutes. We, by we'll give monkey here. gate an, an episode in the off season when we need some content. You're right. That I mean, I have some big plans for the off season. Uh, uh, so, so yeah, we'll do Banks, apparently. What was that? I said, so does Jeff Banks, apparently. Well, uh, I wonder what the next pet's going to be. Um, you think the monkey gets put down? <laughs> oh, my God. The monkey was pretty cute. I'm not going to lie. It's not but but usually when animals attack other humans – and cause bodily yeah, injury, they get put the down. The monkey is innocent and all this. It's not the yeah. monkey. Did you not see the video? That clearly was a paper sign that says "Stay out." Like it, that's legit, man. Yeah, paper sign and a balloon yeah. fence. That's keeping a little kid out of the yard. Uh, all right, let's get it back into the. Let's get let's get into the games. Um, let's be honest. This week's slate of games isn't really impressive. And I was gonna say there's one game we could talk in depth about, but um, let, let's just make this quick because. I mean, we, we could quickly talk about that game when we get to it, but let's just go through this. Uh, it It's not a pretty a pretty schedule at all um, here. Um, Marty, um, I got to quickly take care of something off uh, off the podcast. Can you start with the, your thoughts on Missouri versus number one Georgia? Yeah, my thoughts on Missouri versus number one Georgia are pretty simple. Missouri's going to get blasted because they stink and Georgia's really good. I have no idea what the line is in that game, but I would gladly take the Bulldogs and the points. I'm going to see if I can try to find the line. It looks like Georgia is 38-point favorites in this one currently. Give me it. Uh, Missouri's defense has not stopped anybody this year. Oh, man. Yeah, no. Um, if you're a Missouri fan, maybe just go mow the lawn, go play with the kids. Go do anything but watch this game because it's it's not going to be worth your time. Uh, Georgia is going to blow them out, and it's not going to be pretty. There's really not much to talk about with this one. And just perfect timing because Dylan is now back, and uh, Dylan will take it from there. Sure. Uh, quickly, uh, what was the uh, what was the picks there? We're getting annihilated by Georgia. That's Georgia a lot, Missouri not a lot. All right. It was Georgia minus 38, so Give I will – Give me Bulldogs. Yeah, I'll take the Bulldogs, yes. Same. I'll take the Bulldogs. Um, number five, Ohio State versus Nebraska. Um, Ohio State, a 15-point favorite here, 12 p.m. on Fox. Um, give me Ohio State to cover this. I think this Nebraska team's kind of def- defeated at this point uh, mentally. Um, they kind of – they've been – they looked solid at one point, and since that Michigan loss, it's been uh, – Downhill. If I was good at sound effects, I'd be doing a downhill sound effect. But there we go. There we go. That was good. Yeah. Um, yeah. That's Nebraska. So um, give me a hostage to win and cover. I don't know why. This is one of those weird games where I feel like Nebraska is going to keep it close for like a half, and then Ohio State's going to just pull away later. But don't be surprised if Nebraska hangs with them for a little bit, and you're thinking, "Oh, wow, Nebraska's making it kind of interesting." And the second half rolls around and Ohio State just runs away with it. So I'm going to say Ohio State does cover at the end of the day. That's how I see it playing out. Yeah, I definitely could see a scenario too where, you know, this could kind of be Scott Frost's last stand. It's in Lincoln, noon kickoff. Ohio State's still doing a little bit of the hangover from last week. I definitely could see the Buckeyes starting sluggish in this. 
and Nebraska maybe even sneaking in that backdoor cover. But I definitely think it'll be a game where even though I think Ohio's taking struggle times, you're never going to really doubt that they're going to win the game. All right. Number nine, Wake Forest hosts uh, – sorry, goes on the road to um, Chapel Hill to take on North Carolina, 12 p.m. ABC. Uh, a little surprisingly here, North Carolina, two-and-a-half-point favorite. I, I don't understand this one. I, I know UNC is the more talented team on paper, but they have not been playing good football at all this year. Um, well, at least compared to what we expected. Sam Howell's not taking steps forward as we hoped. Um, Wake Forest, on the other hand, uh, continues to really play strong, strong football. Um, Marty has to take care of something quickly. Anthony, so I disappear. He now disappears. Um, when he gets back, he gets back. What's your pick on Wake Forest, North Carolina? North Carolina is a two and a half point favorite. Uh, just goes to show you, there's truly only one person on this podcast you can rely on. But no, <laughs> this is an interesting game. I know North Carolina hasn't looked great this year. They've looked pretty average, as indicated by the record being four and four. This this is obviously disrespectful to Wake Forest and what they've accomplished to have UNC as the favorites in this one. But it wouldn't shock me if North Carolina won this game. I don't want to say Wake Forest can't win this game because I, I, I'm still going to pick Wake Forest to cover and win in this one because I just think they have all the momentum and I think North Carolina is just I think North Carolina is just done right now. But I don't think Wake Forest is going to go undefeated. And looking at their schedule, they've got NC State, they've got Clemson, Boston College. I don't know. They're going to lose a game that they shouldn't, and it wouldn't shock me if this was the week that they lost. Yeah, um, Dylan, I'm just going to go ahead and blame you for that, unleashing your former Georgia Tech powers to put a freaking yellow jacket in my living room on the first week of November when it's 30 degrees out. Um, But, yeah, no, I agree with you, Anthony. I I think UNC, they're a better team than they've played all year, so I wouldn't be shocked to see them give Wake some trouble. Wouldn't totally be surprised either to see UNC pull the upset. But, end, I think Wake rides that momentum. They keep rolling, and they get the W and stay undefeated. I apologize uh, for letting out my yellow jackets. Um, we move on to 12 p.m. SEC Network. Hugh Freeze goes back to uh, his former home at Ole Miss. That, that's fun, Oxford. Um, Ole Miss is a 10-point favorite here. Um, I, I think Liberty can give them a game, but if Matt Corral is healthy, I think Ole Miss wins this game and covers. Um but Mackerel's health is obviously a big question right now. Um, God, this is a tough one. I could really see Liberty covering this one. Um, any thoughts on this one, guys? Yeah, I too wouldn't be shocked to see Liberty cover. Um, like you said, there's a lot of questions about Ole Miss with their health, not just Matt Crowell, but with Ontario Drummond and Braylon Sanders as well. So – you know, I'm, I'm sure Hugh Freeze will be excited to be back in Oxford. The um, Hugh Freeze Bowl, the Battle of the Burner Phones, whatever you want to call it when you get Hugh Freeze and Lane Kiffin on the field together. Um, I do feel confident saying, though, especially if crowd does play, it will be a very fun game. I think there will be a lot of points in this one. Yeah, I agree with you. I'm going to go with Ole Miss to win and to cover in this one, especially if Matt Corral's healthy. I think Liberty can make this a game. I love Malik Willis. I think Hugh Freeze is a good coach for Liberty. And I think they're a solid team, but I still think Ole Miss is just that much better than Liberty. At the end of the day, they're going to win this one and cover fairly easily in the final score. I'm going to be, I'm going to actually change my pick. I, I think Ole Miss wins, but give me a Liberty to cover the 10. I think Ole Miss wins between eight or nine. Between, you can't really win eight between eight or nine. Wins by eight or nine points. So I'll touch on or so. Um, number 20, Minnesota. I, I I don't think they're the number 20 team in the country, but that's uh, faces Illinois at home. Uh, ESPN 2, 12 p.m. Minnesota, 14 half point favorite. Illinois may have beat Penn State two weeks ago. Then they lost to Rutgers last week. Minnesota is going to run the ball all day over Illinois, let's be honest here. Um, give me Minnesota a win this, cover this, and then we can move on. So picks. Yeah, give me the same. I think uh, even though they're not – I don't think they should be ranked. I think they should beat Minnesota pretty easily. but Or they should be Illinois pretty easily. I'm sorry. But 
You know, you never know. Crazier things have happened, and they've happened this year to my own team. So you never know. But give me Minnesota to win and cover is my prediction. Yeah, like you said, crazier things have happened, and crazier things have happened this year with Illinois. But I'm with you. I think Minnesota wins this one. Um, Low-key, P.J. Flax had an awesome job this year. You lose your top two running backs, including maybe the best running back in the Big Ten, and yet Minnesota's not there just running the ball will on people and control their destiny in the West. DJ Flex seven year extension. He just signed. That's right. I meant to, that I damn meant bill, baby. I meant that's what I was missing earlier. I knew I was missing something. Any quick thoughts on that? I mean, I think it definitely keeps them in Minnesota through this offseason, maybe next offseason. Because in reality, it just raises his buyout. It does, yeah. I mean, was he really a candidate for the USC job? No. Probably not. He's probably like six or seven names down the list, if we're being honest. But he's got a good a good gig there in Minnesota. He's doing a good job keeping that team relevant, and I think he's earned it. So good for P.J. Fleck. Yeah, he's definitely a personality that's not going to mesh everywhere. Um, so, yeah. you know, the fact he's found a nice spot there in Minneapolis and has found success and, you know, has the Dophers on the brink of maybe two 10-win se- seasons in three years, that's a good spot for him and good for him. Yeah, and, and that's pretty much by just running the ball like a triple option. It's not a triple option offense, but they might as well be with how much they're running the ball. Um, moving on, number 25, Pittsburgh on the road at Duke. Pitt, a 21-point favorite, ACC Network, 12 p.m. Pittsburgh's coming off that loss to Miami, but, I mean, this Duke team is pretty bad. Um, I think Pitt bounces back in a big way, maybe drops 50-plus on Duke here and wins easily. Yeah, that's how I am. Um, I think Pitt wins easy. And, you know, I wouldn't be shocked if – when the season's over, we see an end of the marriage of Duke and uh, David Cutcliffe. I mean, obviously, Cut's done a terrific job down there. But this two or three poor seasons in a row, it might just be might be time for everybody to get a change of scenery. I, I, I still think he somehow ends up with Arch somewhere. And if it is that is the case, I feel very confident saying it will not be Duke. Give the prop. I, I, I don't doubt that. Um, Anthony, any thoughts on Pitt Duke? Anthony's internet has uh, crapped out, according to him. Uh, so we move on without Anthony. Uh, he talks his mouth about me, Mr. Reliable. We see how this is. <laughs> karma. That's exactly what it is. Karma, karma, karma. Uh, perhaps the committee will get karma this week, and everybody above Cincinnati will lose. Um, that'll be something. Um, that could happen, and Cincinnati still would not be in the top four somehow. Cincinnati would drop. <laughs> Uh, they, they would jump. Notre Dame would jump them. Uh, number six, Cincinnati. By the way, um, host Tulsa this week. Cincinnati, twenty-two and a half point favorite. Cincinnati has been playing um, some okay football recently. Anthony is back, Mister Reliable himself. Um, uh, but Cincinnati has been playing Crapping some okay. Out. Has been playing some okay football um, of recent. Uh, not dominant. You think they get back on a dominant track here against Tulsa, Marty? Um, I think they will. I think they're going to be very motivated by not being in the top four, and you're going to come out and see them really lay the hammer this week. Um, something we said all along they needed to do all year and something they did not do against Navy and Tulane and probably contributed to them to being ranked number six. Anthony, any thoughts on – I mean, do you have a pick, Duke, Duke Pitt pick quickly, and do you have uh, a pick on Cincinnati Tulsa? I mean, Duke is is bad. Pittsburgh is not bad. Give me Pittsburgh to win and cover in this one. I think Cutcliffe is on his last year with Duke. If I'm being honest with you, um, yeah, Marty think- was uh, Marty was actually saying that when your internet went out as well. Much like Gary Patterson over at TCU, I think this is going to be Cutcliffe's last year. And yeah. what was it, Cincinnati? And who are they playing? Tulsa, Cincinnati's a 22-and-a-half-point favorite. Oh, yeah, give me Cincinnati in that one. Um, I I think after their ranking this week, I think it's going to be a blowout. I think they're going to come out angry, and they're going to want to prove a point in this game and every game moving forward, to be honest. Sure. All right, actually, actually, I skipped over a game, but it's all right. Uh, Number three, Michigan State on the road against Purdue. Michigan State, a three-point favorite here. On paper, you look at that line, you're like, what the hell? Michigan State, three-point favorite, the number three team in the country over Purdue. Well, I don't think it's that crazy. Purdue's 
not a bad team this year. I mean, they, they didn't play well against Wisconsin. But this Michigan State defense has its faults. Purdue does have big playability. Um, now, I, I think it comes down to Purdue's ability to stop Walker from, you know, running for 300 yards again. But um, it also just feels like a big letdown spot for Michigan State coming off that win against Michigan. Um, it's easy to get up to play your rival, but to go on the road and play Purdue, I mean, that's it's it's tougher than it seems. Um, I think Michigan State does win and cover this. But, I mean, if Purdue has the lead at some point in the second half here and it takes another Michigan State comeback, I, I, I wouldn't be shocked here. No, I completely agree. Um, Purdue's a solid team. They are. Um, this is not a bad team by any stretch. Uh, this is a team that made Iowa look absolutely silly when they were the number two team in the country. Obviously, Iowa has shown that they are not even close to that ranking at this point. But, you know, Purdue's still a solid team. And they're at home in this one. I think they could give Michigan State some trouble here. I still expect Michigan State to win and cover. Um, but it would not shock me, like you said, if Purdue kept this one close. And I don't think it's a crazy line at all. Yeah, that, that's how I feel. I mean, Purdue's got the playmakers on the outside to make this difficult for Michigan State. Um, you know, their defense is better better than they get Credit for George Kaloftis, one of the best defensive players in the Big Ten. So, yeah, I think Purdue could make him have to fight for it. I think Michigan State wins, but uh, Purdue is only a three-point underdog for a reason. You know, the, the Boilermakers definitely if, – if they would pull the, the upset, it wouldn't be as big of a stunner as it may seem to see the number three team in the country lose to an ranked team. Sure. Especially There'd coming off the Michigan game. I mean, this, this is letdown written all over it for Sparty. And if Purdue wins, that Purdue sneaks into top twenty-five. I mean, does most of the West still control their own fate? Purdue doesn't because they lost to Wisconsin. But yeah, I mean, that would be if Purdue ends up with two top five wins this year. That that would be something. Um, yeah, but you're right though. Most of the West. Sorry, I didn't respond right away. But no, most, you're good. Most of the West. I mean, Iowa and Wisconsin at least do control their own fate. Maybe Wisconsin more so at this point, even though Iowa has the better record because they won the head-to-head. But if after their crazy start, won the head-to-head. Yeah, Wisconsin versus Iowa, Wisconsin beat them. Yeah. But if it just blows my mind that after the horrible start Wisconsin had to this year, starting one and three, if they can come back and win the West, yeah. that's just that's just a stronger statement for. Uh, conference realignment right there but listen that's a conversation for another day also i think it just it just shows as fun as this season's been in craziness at the end of the day this season's still going to end up chalk just like every other season that's that's true it's just gonna it's just gonna go a different way it's just gonna swerve like five or six times instead of going in a straight line but it's still gonna get exactly where it was supposed to go so amazing how life works like that sometimes yep marty any thoughts before we move on no, it's just like you guys said, it's going to be, you know, you drive to work every day. Some days you might take a different route just to change things up a little bit. But at the end, you wind up in the same spot. That's how this college football season is looking. All right. Uh, 3.30 MBC, number 10, Notre Dame, host Navy. Notre Dame, a 21-point favorite here. This is a big spread just because Navy, only 2-6, and six, but they've been playing a lot of teams tough this year. They're good at controlling the clock at times. Notre Dame hasn't exactly been a high-powered offense either. Um, I think Notre Dame wins this, but at 21 points, I think I may take Navy to cover here. I actually 110% agree with you here. As soon as I saw the line, I was thinking, I think Navy's got a chance to cover this. Notre Dame's still going to win, but Navy, with the the way they take the time off the clock and time of possession and all that, I could see them staying in this enough that Notre Dame never gets past the 21 point threshold. So I could see uh, Notre Dame winning and Navy still covering this one. Marty. Yeah, I agree. I think Notre Dame wins and I think Navy covers that 21 point spread. I also think that I would feel very comfortable taking the under 47 and a half in this game. Yeah, I would, I would take that under as well. All right, we move on. Number 11, Oklahoma state hosts West Virginia, Oklahoma state three and a half point favorite. You know, West Virginia is playing some really good football recently. They've picked up some big wins. Um, Oklahoma State, on the other hand, coming off a loss to Iowa State. Um, 
their offense hasn't been great. Sorry, did they lose to Iowa State two weeks ago or last week? Let me check that. The whole season's starting to blend together in my head. It was two weeks ago. It was two weeks ago. Sorry, yeah, they're coming Iowa State came out last week and lost to West Virginia. You're right. You're right. You're right. Thank you. Uh, Oklahoma State, finally, their offense woke up this past week against Kansas. Two weeks ago, lost to Iowa State. Um, and this West Virginia team has been playing solid football. I almost want to pick the Mountaineers to win this one. I just don't trust that Oklahoma State offense against teams with a heartbeat defensively this year. I'm going to go one step folder further, be bold, and take the Mountaineers to win this one, actually. Maybe it's because I live in West Virginia these days. I'm feeling bold with it. But I just think that West Virginia looks like a quality team right now. Um, they're at home in this one. I Like you said, I don't trust this Oklahoma State offense. And I think the Mountaineers can pull this one off. So, yeah, we need an upset this week. I can't pick every game to be uh, the favorite to win. So give me, give me West Virginia to upset Oklahoma in this one. Yeah, I'm with you. Give me the Mountaineers as well. I think they're playing better football right now than Oklahoma State is. I still don't trust Oklahoma State's offense, and I'm still salty at Oklahoma State for failing my six-leg parlay last week as the final leg and not covering its Kansas. Give me the Mountaineers. Wait, they uh, wait. They won by 52. What was the line? No. Did they win by 52? They, they won, won by 52. Well, somebody else screwed up then. The line was like 35 and a half, and I could swear they didn't cover that. No, they really? won. I'm looking at the score right now. They won, they won. 50, they won by 52. Oh, okay, never mind. Well, I'm sorry, Oklahoma State. I'm still picking West Virginia. At my anger, I got to go back and look at my parlay to see my anger is supposed to be directed at. <laughs> I, I don't – just because I hate unison, um, give me Oklahoma State to win. Um, but they don't cover because they only win by three, not three and a half, because that's impossible. Number 13, Auburn, goes on the road to College Station against number 14, Texas A&M. A&M a four-and-a-half point favorite here at 3.30 p.m. CBS. Um, and on one hand, uh, both these teams have been playing really good football. But at the end of the day, I, the quarterback I trust more here is Bo Nix. So I'm going to take Auburn to win this game. I'm actually also going to go with Auburn in this one. Uh, weirdly enough, even though AM is the team at home, and I think that could very easily make the difference in this game, I just feel like Auburn's played really well the last couple of weeks, um, coming off of a really quality win against Ole Miss. I think they've got some momentum right now, and I, I can see Auburn pulling this one out in College Station. Marty? Yeah, um, I – I think Auburn might be the slightly better team, but Bo Nix on the road still scares me. For that reason, give me the Aggies. Um, if this game was a Jordan here, I would definitely pick Auburn, but I still can't trust Bo Nix on the road, although I will not be surprised at all if Auburn goes in there and gets the win, but I'm going to pick Texas A&M. Uh, number 15, BYU plays Idaho State. There's no reason to talk about this game. BYU is going to win, and they're going to win by – 50 plus um, number 21, Wisconsin uh, goes on the road to play Rutgers, Wisconsin, 13 point favorite here. Give me Wisconsin to cover this game. Um, and yeah, I think Wisconsin wins by at least three scores here. Yeah. Wisconsin looks like a much different team uh, from where they started off this year. I think Rutgers can make this one kind of interesting, especially being at home. But I think Wisconsin's going to run all over Rutgers in this game, and they're not going to be able to do a whole lot about it. Uh, give me Wisconsin to win and cover in this one. Yeah, Wisconsin by a lot. You know, Rutgers is Rutgers, and Wisconsin is seems like they're finding their stride. The Badgers win this by fifteen to twenty, if not more. Okay, uh, number seventeen, uh, Mississippi State uh, goes on the road to play Arkansas. At uh, 4 p.m. SEC Network, Arkansas, a five-point favorite here. Uh, this is a tough one. Arkansas has played some good football this year. They've been on um, up and down the last few weeks. Um, they are five and three in the season after that three-game slide, so they have won um, two straight now, I think. Um, Mississippi State, on the other hand, really has been a solid team. The only bad blowout loss was uh, Alabama. Um, the, besides that, they're six points away from being a – a one-loss team. 
I, I give me Mississippi State to win this. They've been playing some really damn good football recently. Give me Arkansas just because I'm still annoyed that Mississippi State is ranked as high as they are. So I'd love to knock them off that perch. So, uh, but they'll probably just throw Arkansas in that spot. Let's just be honest here. So, give me Arkansas to win at home in this one. Woo pig. You know, I thought the exact same thing. I was going to say, give me Arkansas just because I'm annoyed they have Mississippi State 16th. But like you said, if Arkansas wins, they'll put Arkansas. They'll say, well, they used to be a top 16 team. Let's put them 12th, you know. But no, I, uh, I, I give me Mississippi State. I've said all year they were a pretty decent team, so I can't go against that now if I am annoyed by them. Uh, number 19, NC State goes to Doak, the Doak, to take on Florida State. Uh, NC State, two and a half point favorite here, 4 p.m. ACC Network. Give me NC State to win this cover. This NC State's a much better team than Florida State. Devin Larry's um, might be the best player on the field, uh, regardless of the team there. Uh, so give me NC State to win this and cover this much better team. Yeah, I agree. Um, Florida State, in a weird way, is like tempting in this one just because they're at home. You never know with that team sometimes. Sometimes they show up. Sometimes they lay a fat egg. That's just the life of a Seminole fan right now, I'm sure. But, uh, no, I think NC State's going to win this one. I think, like you said, they are the more talented team. Devin Leary's a really solid quarterback. And only two-and-a-half-point favorites, I think you can pick them pretty easily to cover. Yeah, no, I agree. Florida State's been been playing better lately. I think they'll give NC State trouble. But in the end, I think Devin Leary and the Wolfpack have too much and they get it done. Um, LSU goes on the road to number two, Alabama, Alabama, 28, 28 and a half point favorite, 7 PM ESPN. Uh, that's a massive line, but I mean, LSU just uh, talk about teams that don't look like they have anything left in the tank. Um, I mean, I just give I guess, give me Alabama here. I, I really have, I don't like this line at all, but I, I just have no belief LSU is going to be okay. Yeah, this is a team that's just limping across the finish line right now. I think, uh, I don't know if you guys saw the video of Orgeron's press conference earlier this week, but it was pretty much asked about LSU and, and like his team. And he goes on to say, he thought he was talking about Bama, and he goes on to say about how good Bama is. And the reporter corrects him and is like, no, no, we're actually talking about you guys, LSU. And he goes, oh, no, like he goes on about all these different things that they do wrong. He basically just says that we suck and they don't. So I think that about sums it up. LSU sucks right now. Bama doesn't. Give me Bama on this one to win big. I think they're going to try to make a statement in this game, especially with everybody questioning their number two ranking. I would not be surprised if they won by 30-plus points on this one. And like I said, LSU is completely injured right now. All their best players are out, and they're, they're pretty much just limping across the finish line. They're all, their entire fan base is just playing for next season at this point anyway. Marty um, uh, had the Yellow Jacket return. I got to play Exterminator. Dylan still, one last time, releasing the Ramblin' Wreck from Dylan Tech on us. But, uh, yeah, no, I'm uh, – <clears throat> sorry about that. I'm, I'm back. I'm, I'm ready to go now. LSU-Bama, baby. What's your pick? Um, yeah. Alabama, 20-and-a-half point favorite. Bama by a lot. Uh, like you guys said, the press conference earlier this week for Coach Joe was pretty entertaining. It was basically, hey, Alabama's really good and we suck. So I give him credit for being honest. Give me, give me the tide. Um, all right. Tennessee goes on the road to uh, Kentucky, and this is an even game here. Number eighteen, Kentucky. You may call me crazy, but give me Tennessee. I don't think you're crazy at all because I was just about to say, give me Tennessee in this one too. I, I like this team with Hooker at quarterback. I think they're they played some really solid football. I mean, they played really good against Ole Miss too, and they gave yeah. Alabama a good game. They did give Bama a good game. Obviously, the final score doesn't reflect that, but I, I still, when you're watching that game, like they were in it for most of the for first three half quarters. Of it. Yeah, three quarters. I mean, no, I, I'm not a moral victory guy, but Josh Heupel actually looks like he has that program making strides, which I I wasn't a, a belief in that hire, but. Great job for does, yeah. Another team that I think the transfer portal has done a really great job for this year. Yeah. And I, I think Tennessee can win this one. I'm going to go with Tennessee. And the first even line I've seen all season, actually. Pretty rare you see those. Uh, I saw one or two earlier this year, but uh, I, I don't remember which games. But, yeah, very rare. 
Marty? Tennessee, Kentucky. Yeah, um, I agree with you. I think Tennessee can give them problems. Um, they've played better of late, and I'm not 100% sold on Kentucky. The even line is strange. Uh, actually, there were going to be two even lines this weekend across the football world until Aaron Rodgers got COVID. But, yeah, you know, give me Tennessee. I, I just I still don't trust Kentucky's offense. Give me the Vols. All right, so we're on a unison with the Vols. Uh, number 22, Iowa on the road. Uh, a lot of these top 25 teams on the road this week. Um, number 22, Iowa on the road at Northwestern, 7 p.m. Uh, there's actually no um, broadcast channel set, so don't know where this one's going to be on. Um, 12, uh, 12 point favorite here for Iowa. Uh, I don't trust Iowa, but Nebraska is really bad, so um, I guess give me the Hawkeyes by. Two scores here. I'm going to say Iowa wins Northwestern covers. I okay. just, I don't know. This Iowa offense just really scares me. Like, they're, they've taken such a dive the last two. They've two taken games. a nose dive. Like, they've been really bad. But they were really bad like, before, but like you said, this Northwestern team is also not good. So I think at home they can make this one a little more interesting than they would if they were in Kinnick. But I still think Iowa should win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer than people think. Agreed. Marty? Yeah, well, probably the reason there's no uh, network list is because nobody in their right mind wants to watch this game. Um, yeah, both these offenses are putrid. Um, I think that Iowa will probably win just because Northwestern's offense is like extra putrid compared to Iowa's. So give me the Hawkeyes to win, and I definitely would hammer the under 40 and a half in this game. Sure. All right. Number 23, Fresno State host Boise State. Fresno, five-point favorite. Uh, I like Fresno to win this one and cover Boise State. Usually uh, would be a solid team but this year they're kind of having down season without harson at the helm um so give me fresno state to win this one and fresno state to cover yeah surprising down season in the mountain west for boise state normally they're the class of that conference uh fresno state's looked really solid this year good team one of the few uh g5 schools that the committee actually bothered to rank this week surprising at that but um i think fresno state will win this one giving them to win and cover Yeah, I'm with you. I think Fresno State wins and covers. Um, they're they're not – or Boise State, excuse me, is not what we typically see from them. They've really struggled this year. Give me the Bulldogs to win and cover. All right. Um, number four, Oregon, another top 25 team on the road this time, Washington in Washington. Um, one of my favorite settings in college football, by the way, up there in Seattle. Um, 7.30 p.m. ABC, Oregon a seven-point favorite. Uh, I mean – have they seen this Washington offense? I mean, how is this a seven? How the hell is Washington only seven? Have you seen any offense coached by John Donovan? Like, <laughs> listen, we, we could go on another 25 minutes about John Donovan led offense. Washington over work. their last five games has scored 20, 21, 17, 24, and 31. That 31 coming in overtime. I mean, this is a good Oregon defense. They're not scoring more than. 17 on Oregon and Oregon should probably put up 40. I don't know about 40 because Washington's defense is still solid, but at least 30, 35. Yeah. I'm not really sure. I think this is one of the easier lines. How did this game get prime time too? Because the schedule sucks. It's it's kind of annoying me as well. You're telling me there was really nothing better at that time. Indiana, Michigan deserved it more than Oregon, Washington, but I'm rambling. Give me Oregon. Give me them to win by a lot more than seven points. This should be an easy line to hammer if you're a betting man. Well, the good. Uh, sorry, Marty, you have a pick. Yeah, Oregon wins easily. You know, you have the offense coordinator who almost got James Franklin fired at Penn State, and the offense coordinator probably saved James Franklin at Penn State. Give me the coordinator who did the saving. Oregon wins this game easy. Washington's offense is just it's huge. the uh, PSO PSUOC bowl. Um, no, luckily for you, Anthony, Indiana, Michigan is prime time at 7.30 p.m. on Fox. Um, 
number seven, Michigan, uh, hosts Indiana here. Michigan is favored by 20 points. Indiana had a nice show last week against uh, Maryland in a loss, 38-35. But uh, by the way, how does Indiana – this is their third time they've snuck into one of these primetime spots, and they're two and six. Uh, unbelievable. Um, Michigan favored by 20. Michigan will win by 20-plus here. Uh, that Michigan offense is uh, – Pretty good this year, all things considered. Their defense is solid as well. Um, Indiana, on the other hand, they when they have faced these good teams this year, they have struggled mightily. Give me Michigan to win. Give me Michigan to cover. Um, and somebody just put Indiana out of their misery this season. I mean, we I, I thought they were going to have a down season this year compared to last year. I did not expect them to drop off the face of the earth like they have. That being said, uh, when you lose Michael Penix Jr. again, it, it, it makes it a little bit difficult. They're really down to their third-string quarterback right now. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. McCauley, who I think is actually going to be a really good quarterback. Um, you know, he played pretty solid last week against Maryland. He did. But, uh, yeah, no, this Indiana team is, like you said, like I've said about another, other teams, they're just hobbling across the finish line at this point. Definitely a lost season for the fighting Tom Allens. I still think Tom Allen is a great coach. Just hasn't sure. been, uh, just hasn't gone according to plan at all for them yeah. this year. I think Michigan's gonna. Moral of the story: Michigan's gonna win big in this one. They're gonna come out angry, and they're gonna win big against Indiana at home. Yep, Marty. Yeah, I mean, this point is pretty obvious. Tom Allen's got dirt on somebody to keep getting primetime games this season. Um, this is Indiana's third primetime game. They lost by what twenty-four to Penn State. Lost by I think like 35, 38 to Ohio State. This Wasn't will be pretty. another 20-plus point loss for the Hoosiers. All right, finally, uh, number 24, San Diego State versus Hawaii, uh, 11 p.m. on Fox Sports 1. We got some Hawaii football on national television. It's a glorious day for all of America. Um, San Diego State, a seven-and-a-half-point favorite here. Hawaii is not a bad team. A lot of people thought uh, Hawaii was actually going to pull out uh, – a upset victory last week against uh, Utah State. Uh, they ended up losing 51-31. Um, they, Hawaii did beat Fresno State earlier this season, who just beat San Diego State. Um, good offense, but the defense struggles going up against a good San Diego State offense here. Give me San Diego State to win this one and give me them to cover as well. I wouldn't exactly call Fox Sports 1 national TV, but regardless – Regardless, it is, you know, football after dark. Um, Bakers can't be choosers. I know we're all huge fans of football after dark. I know I am. There's nothing better than being half drunk, half uh, half sober, still watching football at 11 o'clock at night. It really just warms the soul. But um, I digress. I think San Diego State's going to win this game. I think Hawaii's an interesting matchup at home. Um, but I, I think San Diego State's just a better team, and they should pull this one out and cover. Yep. Marty? Yeah, that's where I'm at. Um, I'm sure the Warriors will make it interesting. They'll make it an entertaining game. They usually do. That's just what been Hawaii's motto for, what, 20, 25 years now? But, yeah, in the end, the Aztecs are the better team. The Aztecs get the job done, and uh, they get the victory on Saturday night. Yeah. We forgot one game. I, my bad. Number 12, Baylor, goes on the road against TCU. TCU's first game without um, Patterson. Baylor a six and a half point favorite. I think TCU plays it close for a little bit, but I think Baylor ultimately wins this one, probably going away. Give me Baylor to win. Um, and uh, yeah, TCU, uh, well, I think is well on their way to their uh, fourth loss in five games. Uh, yeah, sorry, fifth loss in six games. Yeah, after losing Gary Patterson, um, I could see this team limping across the finish line. Um, you know, that's a tough way to lose your coach middle of the season, decides to leave like that. Give me Baylor in this one to win and cover. I think they're the better team anyway. So I'll take Baylor in this one. Marty. Yeah, Bears all the way. Dave Aranda is the Big 12 coach of the year, in my opinion. He'll continue to solidify that with another win this Saturday. All right. With that, guys, thank you for uh, coming on this week's episode. And thank you for everybody for listening to this week's episode of the College Football 365 podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at CollegeFB underscore 365. You can also find us on Facebook. And Instagram, you can find our individual Twitters there as well. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast, follow the podcast, uh, share the podcast, help us build our listenership base. Um, we're making some good strides on that end of the uh, 
uh, the podcast. So thank you very much for that. And we will talk to you guys uh, on Sunday or Monday to recap uh, top 25 uh, action from week 10. Uh, We'll see uh, what it has in store for us. So uh, thanks again, everybody. Have a good weekend and uh, enjoy the college football.